to the Lord this evening. Amen. Always. Yes, it's always good to be here. By the way of announcements, if you got tithes or offering tonight, we can give in our little boxes that they have set out across the auditorium. We can give as given unto the Lord and allow God to bless you as you give. And we're thankful for your faithfulness and everything that you do for the kingdom of heaven. Aren't you glad to be here tonight? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on a nice Wednesday evening. I was, I was thinking yesterday, last night, uh, or actually yesterday morning when I got up, I looked outside and thought, man, I wonder what the weather's like. And got up and it was really nice and cool. And I told my wife, I said, man, this is nice for uh, June 22nd. And, uh, and uh, the whole day was just a good day. And today was a good day as far as just weather-wise and uh, man, it's just nice when it's nice and cool and it's not so crazy hot. But no matter what you're doing, even if you're working or wherever you're at, sometimes we get a little bit warm. But uh, aren't you just glad that Jesus loves us and that God is just a faithful, awesome God and that um, whatever we have need of, he, he just moves upon us and he meets our needs and uh, uh, we're, just, we're just blessed. I want to I do something real quick if I can. Uh, I know I normally we don't do this on Wednesday night. As a matter of fact, we we just uh, a lot of times we just haven't done them in years. But has somebody got a hot testimony that they would just like to stand up and testify about the goodness of God? What about a cold one? He is. He's good God all the time. And while I'm talking, if you would, turn your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful, and I always say this, but I am really glad to be living in the 21st century and that uh, God chose us to live in this day and age. And um, I got the privilege of, of growing up in a, in a world where, uh, we went outside and played, and we made our own toys, and um, we did a lot of things by ourselves, and uh, usually our parents would let us go outside, and we always knew to come in at dark. Uh, so I got to live in a really good time, and I don't know what the generation was before me and how they was brought up and how they got it, but I'm sure that they they had wonderful wonderful times and memories I had parents that was that was very good loving parents my dad worked all the time and uh, my dad had a third grade education but he worked he was a hard worker knew what work was all about and he worked hard and my mom she worked hard uh, and they was they was good parents they did the best they could for what they knew what to do. They, uh, they wasn't raised in church. My, I guess our family was what you call heathens. They just didn't know nothing about the Lord. But I had a pretty decent life as far as I don't never remember uh, needing to eat something and, and going to bed hungry. I don't remember those days. Uh, I don't remember a lot of bad things that went on. I don't Never, you know, I'm sure mom and dad struggled with 
bills and payments and buying this and, and then having to turn around and pay for it. Um, I'm sure that they, they was a young couple and they had their problems uh, as growing up in uh, America. But seemingly, uh, they, they did okay. They did all right. I was raised in the inner city of St. Louis. If you was a little bit more uh, wealthier, you got to move out into the suburbs and the counties. And, uh, but I was a city boy. I was raised up in the city, went to Central High School. Uh, and uh, I lived in uh, North St. Louis for most of my uh, young adult life. And I seen the struggles in the, in the inner city. And I hung around with guys that struggled <clears throat> and had troubles in the inner city. And I seen people that uh, had hard times that uh, just made it from day to day. Um, but for the most part, I can honestly say that uh, somehow we survived our, our uh, childhood. Somehow we made it through it. And somehow that... Uh, uh, you know, my mom, I always told my mom, my name is spelled, my name is Michael and my name is spelled M-I-K-E-L. And a lot of people laugh at it and I get a lot of kicks and jokes out of it. And I always tell people, my dad had third grade education. My mom probably thought I wasn't going to make much of an education. So she wanted to make it simple so I could spell it pretty easy and not make it long. But I'm going somewhere with all of this. Most of us probably has had decent life. Most of us have probably had parents just like mine, somewhat normal. Um, I never, my mom smoked like a freight train. That's all I remember doing is smoking Pall Malls. But I've never seen them uh, in, uh, I've never seen them in a bar, never seen them in a, a place where, uh, never seen them drink in the house actually. Never seen them drink anything. They was just, they might have been heathens, but they was just what I would call good, normal. I remember that um, uh, they had a few struggles in life at times. When I got a little bit older, I, I began to sense things a little bit different and stuff. But overall, I, I could say that my, my childhood and my raising wasn't a bad one at all. I, I would have wanted a lot more. I don't know if I would have or not. I don't know what it would have been like to be rich. Uh, and I don't know what it would have been like to wake up every morning to uh, be hungry and starving. But I know that people does it every day in America. And I know that we live in a time and a day and an age where people's lives are different. And who I'm going to talk about tonight, I, I kind of looked at his life a little bit. And this guy by far had a bad life. He lived in a time that was very dark in his world. He lived in a time where things was really bad in his world. He lived in a time that things just wasn't good. As a matter of fact, he had a bad dad. His dad was totally a bad dad. And let me say this. My dad wasn't the best dad because I'll tell you what. At the age of 13, I thought I knew everything. I told my dad, mom, and I said, I'm leaving home and I'm not coming back. I got my little bag and I took off with my cousin. I was 13 years old. I went to Lee May and I stayed with my aunt for two weeks. And so... After two weeks, I thought, well, why in the heck hasn't they come and got me? Finally, one day, Dad pulled up and said, boy, you ready to come home? And, man, I was thrilled to death that Dad was picking me up. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, get in that car. So I got my bag and got in the car. Got halfway home. You know what my dad said to me? He said, it wasn't for your mother. I would have never come and got you. 
So take it the way you want. But I had a decent childhood. And so if we reminisce tonight and, uh, about things, I want to talk about Jabez. In 1 Chronicles, let me just read it real quick. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying because he was born and she bore him in pain. And Jabez called upon God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and indeed enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain, whether it's upon himself or whether it was on others as well. So God granted him what he requested. Restoration tonight sometimes, not sometimes, but through our lives, let me just use ours as an example sometimes, restoration comes through prayer. I remember as a young man, uh, I didn't never darken the doors of a church because I just wasn't raised in church. I didn't know nothing about it, and we've been there before. I've told you all about it before, but it just wasn't raised in church. It wasn't that I was a bad person uh, because what I did in the world and the way I lived, I just thought that's what we did when we growed up. We just lived this way and, you know, hopefully things would get better. So I didn't really know about God. And, and Jabez had a family that was a very, very mean family. It was a time where Jabez's dad wasn't even mentioned in the geologicals uh, in the Bible history. So his dad was some type of a, don't say much about him, don't say much about what he did, but it just said it was dark days and there was times there that was really bad. And so despite the tendencies in our culture today to blame our diminished circumstances, our personal inadequacies of our failures, our preceding, sometimes we want to blame it on our preceding generation. And my point is tonight is, is sometimes we live in hard times and sometimes some people don't have so hard at times and some people has miserable times. And sometimes uh, we, our tendency is to blame a former generation for it and to uh, say that, well, because of this happened or that happened, this is the way I turned out. Well, Jabez was in that place and time in his life where his mom it was so bad that uh, when she bore him, she, his name just sim simply meant pain. It was a time of pain in the history and the, in the life of Jabez and his family. And um, Jabez sounds like a pretty good name, but then when you think about the definition of it and you look at it, I don't know that we would all want to be, you know, I think people nowadays try to look at their names and, and see what their names represent or, or means. Or even moms and dads today will uh, uh, have a child and they'll name it a certain child and it means something in a good and positive way. Well, Jabez wasn't that way. He wasn't. And so sometimes our circumstances around us and the things that happen in our lives, we're looking for help and we're looking for maybe self-help groups. We're looking for some kind of recovery program, which I believe all of those are good. Don't misunderstand me. Support programs are not without merit whatsoever. But when we get to a place in our lives, the only restoration that we can ever get in life is through prayer. Anything that will be accomplished in life, whether it's uh, us coming out of a, a, a hole or us coming out of a bad situation, it's always going to come through prayer. 
uh, anything that we do. Man, Jabez's family was born into disgrace, and he was a part of the disgrace. His brothers went that way as well. But Jabez chose a different path. Now, I don't know how you got saved today, but uh, I had a grandmother that prayed all the time, and I believe I got saved because my grandmother prayed to the Lord. Out of distress, she prayed for her family. Now, I don't know how long. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to ask my grandmother a lot of questions back then, but I never got to ask her how long has, was she saved or uh, how long did uh, she know Jesus. But the only one that I really knew in my family that knew Jesus was my grandmother. And she lived at 701 Ash, and right across the street from there was Brother Galbert's church on 701 Ash. I didn't know who Brother Galbert was at the time, but that's where she lived, and she went to that little church. And, uh, uh, but I, I constantly, she would go home and she would get on the phone cause in the summertime I would come down for the whole summer and I would live with my grandmother and my grandmother was very wise woman. I think I thought that I could get by with about anything. Uh, but my grandmother always knew that, you know, she just had an inkling in her spirit. That boy's not doing right. Cause I would go out with my buddies and we would do a little bit of stuff that we shouldn't be doing. And we would be doing some bad stuff. And she would get on the phone and she said, Needy, your son is on drugs. And my mom would say, okay, mom, I know, I know. Then my mom would call me, listen, don't, I know your grandmother thinks you're on that stuff, but just let her go. My mom was naive. My grandma wasn't. My mom just thought my little boy would never do anything wrong. But grandmas know a lot more than what we think. Especially if they're led by the Spirit of God. So she ended up just praying for me and praying and praying and praying. And one day I gave my life to the Lord because of my grandmother. And so the life that I was living and the things that I was doing wrong and the things that was happening in my life began to change. And Jabez was this way. His family was bad. They was a disgrace and he had a hard time in life. But Jabez chose something different. Jabez said, the Bible says it was more honorable than he was more honorable than his brothers, than his brothers was. And his mother called him his name Jabez because of him being born out of pain. Jabez's father bought disgrace and a loss to his family. Evidence is in the fact that there was no geology about him. Born in a painful time in the life of his family, even the name means simply pain. The failure of Jabez's father was established pattern to dishonor his brothers as they followed along his father did. Just because the house and just because everything else is bad in society and the world's in a bad shape doesn't mean that we have to go that way. Doesn't mean that we got to go that direction. Just because this happens in this family or that happens in that family or just because of this or just because of that, that doesn't mean that we have to have that same pattern in our lives. Now, some people believe in generational curses, and some people believe in different things. But I believe it doesn't matter where the curse is, we can stop it right where we're at. I believe that we can stop it right here, right now. It don't have to go any further. doesn't matter what happened 50 years ago. I'm, I'm a new man. I'm a new guy. I'm a new person. And today it stops here. I always said certain things that I would never do because I seen my dad do. I made myself a, a, a deal that I would never do what my dad did in some times of his life. 
I, I didn't like what he did. I made my mind up. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never, I'm never going to do what he did. I'm not going to follow his steps. I'm not going to follow his way. But you know what? One day I found myself going the same way my dad did. I mean, I was doing the things that I said I would never, ever, ever do. But then there would come a day that when I really prayed and I asked God to change things in my life, the pattern stopped. My dad at 55 years old finally got saved and gave his life to the Lord. They said that he ran to the altar that day. Not walked, but he ran. He ran and held to the altar so tight that they prayed that God would just set him free. And that day forward, he was set free. But I made a choice years before that that I would not follow that same path. And so Jabez, and I love this, because Jabez simply just had a simple prayer and that God turned his whole life around. Even though his family was dishonored and disgraced, even though uh, he lost a lot of things in his life, even though his brothers decided they're going the way that of his dad, Jabez made a prayer to God. He prayed with hope and faith. He prayed with every being in him that I don't want that life. I don't want to live like that. And evidently somewhere Jabez was like me. He knew about God. Somewhere in his country there was stories told about who this God really was. I never, never heard too much about God. But one thing I did do. I always prayed a simple prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I shall die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. I prayed it every night. and I didn't know who even taught me that prayer. But Jabez, somewhere along the line, he heard about God. And so he made a choice. He said, I'm going to pray with hope and faith. And he said, oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would bless me for the inadequacies, fulfillments of sense of realized destiny in God will change forever in your life. For those things promised, he said, Lord, that you would bless me for those things promised that's provided through you tonight. And can I tell you tonight, church, that we can simply say to God, oh, God, that you would bless me. That you would just change me. That you would do a work in me. Because of the work that you did upon the cross, change me. See, I believe in self-help programs. And I, I believe in the 12 steps. I believe that those things are good. But the really thing that really works is when we pray and ask God to help us. Those things are what does the changing in our life. There's only, those can help, but they can only help to a certain level. But to be totally set free is to know that Jesus is the one that can do it all. For those goals, desires, and aspirations that we have, and we all have them tonight. We've all had them. As a young man, there's many of things that I, I dreamed that I wanted to do and become, and I had goals that I wanted to do, but for somehow, for some reason, they got 
put off on the back burner. But when I, when I begin to find out about Jesus and begin to read what his word says that I could have, all the aspirations and all the dreams that was spoken uh, uh, that, that, that God could do, I begin to dream. Because as a young man, I had a lot of dreams, but those dreams faded. But with God, I learned to dream again and that, that they would really come through. See, I believe our dreams can come through in God. Because the Bible says if we love him with all of our heart, he will give us the desires of our heart. As long as it's not out of his will. For goals that I might have had or desires or aspirations. Maybe, maybe, maybe people's been in church and been spoken over uh, that this is going to happen in your life. And maybe the Holy Spirit has tugged their hearts. And maybe, maybe even in the churches today that we've had desires and dreams and we've had ambitions and goals that we wanted and we sit sometimes in the church and, and then we wonder, is it really going to happen? Is it ever really going to happen to me? Because it's those things that will bring new meaning and fulfillment to our lives that we dream of, that we want God to do for us. And we wonder, God, is it going to transpire into my life? Is it going to help me? Is it going to, am I going to get to that place, God, that dream, that, that vision, that deal that, that I want, that, 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 that thing that I really want to do for the kingdom of God? Is it really going to happen? See, Jabez just simply said, oh, God, that you would enlarge or expand my borders. He said, Lord, would you enlarge my territory? See, I believe that no matter what, God's always got more for us tonight, church. I don't think it's just a static quo. I think God's got a lot more for us than where we're at tonight. I, don't, I think we serve an awesome God, a big God. I think what his word says is really true. I believe that if God says we can have it, that we can really have it, I think. But sometimes we forget to get it. It's already there. His word's already spoken it. His, all, his word's already declared it over our lives. But somehow we forget to just step into it. Because see, one thing God can't do, he can't lie. And if his word says it, then it's really true. I listened to a man speak the other night, and he was talking about that he was in his conference, and, and God had him to pray for this young man that was, uh, that was, uh, had no hearing. And he, never, he couldn't hear for years. He, he could at one time, but then something happened. But, but the, the, the pastor that was praying got the guy up there to pray for. He began to pray for him, and... and and the guy said, listen, I know the service is getting late, but if you want to help pray with me and believe uh, that this young man could be healed, I want, you to, uh, I want you to come and pray for me. And if those that need to go, go ahead and go. He said, well, about 25 or 30 stayed. And he said he prayed for this young man that God would heal him. And he said he prayed and he said, you know, he said, no, the guy's eyes, excuse me, I had the wrong, what in the ears, but he said he prayed that God would heal his eyes and that he would be able to see. And, and so after a length of prayer, he stopped and he said, okay, put one hand over your right eye and tell me what you see with your left. And the young man says, I see nothing. 
And he said, so he said, well, we're going to pray again. So they prayed again, another little lengthy prayer. He said, in all, we probably only prayed about 30 minutes. But he said, when you when you feel like God's telling you something and it's not coming to pass, that seems like it's three hours. Because he felt like God spoke to him and told him to pray for this man that he could receive his sight. And so they prayed and they prayed two or three different times and nothing ever happened. And this pastor said, hmm, so what is wrong? And he began to pray within himself, what is wrong? And he said, he said he felt like the Lord spoke to him and said, you're praying for healing when he needs a miracle. And all of a sudden, his associate pastor looked at him and said, brother, I believe he needs a miracle instead of a healing. So long story short, they prayed another prayer. And they said that they laid hands upon him and prayed intensely that God would heal him and give him a miracle. And all of a sudden, when he got done, he said, keep your eyes closed, put it over your right eye and open your eye and tell me what you see. And all of a sudden, when he did, he could see plainly. And long story goes, he had a, a, something happen to him when he was a young man that destroyed that eye. He had no retina and something else was taken out of that eye that he would never be able to see again, but God miraculously healed him. And I say that to say this, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that whatever we have need of, sometimes we might pray the wrong way. Sometimes we may not be praying in the right way. Sometimes somebody might need a miracle instead of a healing, or sometimes they might need a healing instead of a miracle. I don't know how the operation in the spirit always works, but I do know that God does answer prayer. And whether it's, and sometimes we pray for people that's going through things. And sometimes we pray for people that just needs, uh, when they're going through anxiety and they're going through uh, uh, maybe depression, uh, sometimes we pray for the wrong things. We need to pray for their mind to be free of things. So when Jabez prayed, he said, Lord, enlarge my borders and my territories. God, in other words, God, would you just expand and recover all that's in my life that's wrong? I want to everything to be right. I want to be recovered from the things that pinch, that restrict, or hindered. I want restored those things that have been taken, lost, or destroyed. I want to enlarge those areas that have been weak, diminished, and neglected. In other words, he wanted a full overhaul in God. Because of his family's life was a wreck, he thought, Lord, I don't want my life to be a wreck. I don't want to walk the rest of my life and my life be destroyed because of what happened there. I want something new for me and for my life. And so he just simply began to believe in the word of God, that you could ask God to do it and that God would simply do it. And I know it seems far-fetched, church. And sometimes we've been in church so long that we just say, well, it is what it is. But I'm telling you, if it's God's word and he says it, it's for us tonight. If he says he can do it, then I promise that he'll do it for you. If you're his child, he said, I'll not withhold anything good from them that love me. So sometimes we get into a place, even in our walk with Christ, that we accept whatever's going on. And I, I just simply believe that we can trust God and God can change the situation. I do. I had a daughter. I had a daughter that I raised in church my whole life. 
me and her mother raised them. I got saved at the early age and got married to a lady at the age of 18. And, and I got saved. We got saved. I got, well, I'll just be honest. I wasn't saved. We was living together. But I got, I got saved. Well, yeah, I got saved. We got married. And from that moment on, we raised three little ones in church all of our lives. We raised them until they got married and grown and gone. I had a middle daughter that went through things about 10 years ago. And uh, her life was a wreck. She called me one or two o'clock in the morning, mad, drunk, high. Very, very bad, very bad. And I've always been a great family man. Love, love my girls. I got three girls, loved them. But my daughter Stephanie was a pain. And she had went through some things, and I had went through some things. When I went through a divorce, it kind of messed her world up, even though she was gone. And, uh, man, she just went down the wrong path. Went down the wrong path. She would drink, get so drunk, she wouldn't even know where she was at, know what she was doing. She'd be driving down the road, drunker than her dog, and not even know where she was at. And she'd be calling me. She tried to kill herself about three or four different times, took pills because she hated who she was, didn't like her life. She was miserable. Anybody that was around her was miserable because she was miserable. See, we all got a story to tell, but she was one of the most beautiful girls you'd ever met. Today, she's single, been single for 12 years or better, beautiful young lady, but she went down the road for about 10 years. She didn't know who she was. I didn't know who she was. That wasn't the daughter that I raised. That wasn't the daughter. She did so many drugs, I couldn't tell you how many she did. She drunk so much, I couldn't tell you how much. She would black out and wouldn't even know it. Take Xanax as like popcorn. End up in the ER because she overdosed herself. She was a mess. And I'm a, I was a pastor for 17 years, and I had a daughter messed up. And I blame myself a lot for her mess up because I feel like I made her mess up. But then I realized one day she, she's accountable for herself. But there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't pray that God would deliver her. You don't know what it's like until you got a child that's that way. But there wasn't a day that didn't go by that I didn't intercede or pray that, God, you got to deliver her. Listen, that's my child. You promised if I be faithful, you'll save my whole household. I stood on some word. I refused to give it up. I refused to take any less. I thought, I'm not going to die and my girl not go to heaven. Or she's not going to die and not go to heaven. I was determined. And can I tell you, about two years ago, she had an encounter with God. And God at that moment, two years ago, changed her life completely. 
She was in church with me Sunday morning, had her hands up praising the Lord. That's what God can do. I'm not telling you something that you don't already know because we've seen it happen in this church. But one of the greatest things, her mother just passed away three weeks ago Thursday. They called me. They was hysterical. They was crying. They was, you know, it was their mother. Their, their mother was the love of their life. They told that they was just so close. And they was terrified and scared. So me and Connie ran up there to be with them in Jeff City. And I got up there and Stephanie laid her head on my chest. She said, Dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. My oldest daughter said, Dad, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. But Stephanie said, Dad, any other time I would have went crazy, but God gave me peace. See, she was in there using the commode, and when she was, she fell over dead. And my middle daughter, Stephanie, was there and had to give her CPR and try to revive her until the paramedics got there. But my daughter, Stephanie, about 4 o'clock in the morning, we're sitting down talking. She said, Dad, i got to tell you a story. She said, you and Connie took me to Branson a few couple weeks ago. And we had a great time. So the very next week, I took mom to Branson because I wanted her to see that show, Jesus. And her mom hadn't been going to church since we was not together. It wasn't because of what I did. She just said she drug her foot. She would always tell me, I'm just dragging my foot, but I'm going to. Well, Stephanie, in the, in the hotel room there that night, she said this, and I hope I'm not boring you. I'm really almost done. But she said in the hotel, she got her mom beside the bed and grabbed her arm. And she said, Mom, listen, I'm, I'm going to heaven. And she said, I, I, I'm determined. I'm going whether you do or not, but I want you to go with me. She said, I don't want you to die and go to hell and me have to live the rest of my life thinking that's where you went. And she led her mom through prayer that night in the bedroom. And her mom promised her, We're going, we'll go to church, Stephanie, together. I promise. And she led her to the Lord that very night. The very next Thursday, Vivian fell over dead and collapsed. Had it not been for the daughter that was stoned just a few years prior, that had not felt like the Lord had touched her and drawn her to talk to her mom about the Lord, maybe Vivian wouldn't be in heaven today. So God's really an awesome God, church. And when I say that, I just simply say that God hears our prayers. He moves mountains. He makes ways in our lives. We're his children. He said, I'll not hold anything good from them that love me. He loves you and he loves me. It doesn't matter where your kids are at tonight. It doesn't matter where your spouse is at tonight. It doesn't matter where your aunts and uncles are at tonight. There's power in prayer. And see, for some reason, Jabez found the key to the remedy that would make his life a whole lot better. He found out that he could pray to God. He found out that he could pray to God. Has anybody ever heard the song? If you ain't heard it, please listen to it tonight. Sometimes it says, I've been talking to Jesus. I've been talking to Jesus. Talked about grandmas talking to Jesus. Then it talked about moms and dads talking to Jesus. Then it talked about the son talking to Jesus. Then it talks about the son's son talking to Jesus. See, I believe that God wants good things for his church tonight. 
God didn't want Jabez to be in that way. Now, his other family that wanted to go a different way, God could do nothing about that. But because Jabez called upon the name of the Lord, God changed Jabez's life. And he said, he asked the Lord to defend him and expel. He said that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. Whether it's to himself, Jabez asked for the Lord to de- for his defense, not only for his own sake, but to expel residue of any evil to him that would inhibit God's purpose for his life, that would might cause painful things to others. Things that tempt or attack or haunt are my mind, he said. Things from my past are my parents or my heritage. Doesn't matter, he said. He said, Lord, expel all them. Things that condemn or confuse me. Believe that God will bless This is my point tonight. Believe that God will simply bless and recover and enlarge all and that God will simply defend you tonight. There's no devil in hell or out of hell that's big enough to stop God moving on your behalf. When it seems impossible, God does the impossible. See, it doesn't matter when the enemy says nothing's ever going to change in my family. Nothing's ever going to change in their lives. Nothing's ever going to change in that boy or that girl or or my situation or my circumstances, my job, whatever it is. But see what it is when the enemy comes and says that he's lying. Because you know who God really is tonight. Listen, this word is either true or we're messed up here tonight. It's either infallible, unchangeable, and what it says, it's really either true or we're just, we're here just starting a little cult because we just want a fellowship together. But I choose to believe that it's infallible and it's unchangeable. I choose to believe that from the very beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, what it says is for me and you as well. And if he promised it to other men and they've, they've been successful and they succeeded through it, then he's promised it to us in this 21st century. I believe all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to their purpose. This personal pursuit of God in prayer is the only way to ultimately realize the highest fulfillment of his promise for us. See, I believe that God's got, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 62, but I'm not dead. And I believe that God's got greater things even now more for me. I believe my best days are ahead and not behind. Though my body don't feel it sometimes. And see, it doesn't matter the age, who we are, the limit where we're at. It's just what his word says tonight. It's the promises of his word tonight. It's the promises. I take his word for what it says. I take it for what it says. I take it for what it says. I take it because it says I can have it, then I trust God that God will give it to me. I said that all about my daughter and my ex-wife simply to let you know that God's still a big God. And you could tell me stories about your family and about things that you've been through and about things that God has moved on your behalf. But can I tell you, it's, it, even though he's done that, he wants to do great more for us. He's wanting to do so much more for the church. We are the children of God. And he'll not withhold anything good from us tonight, church. 
He might spank us. He might whoop us and keep us from things that's harmful to us. But he'll not hold good things from us when we need it tonight. Would you stand?